Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, <laughs> you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Well, that's right, my friends. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and, yes, your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 495, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about live streaming. (laughs) Chances are you've been hearing a lot of people talk about Facebook live streaming, You've probably seen a lot of people in your Facebook timeline doing live streams. You probably have been getting tons of notifications every time you log into Facebook on your mobile platform or on the desktop. You see the little red number of how many updates there have been since the last time you logged in, which may have been like eight minutes ago. And and you get, it's like, hey, your friend Leslie Samuel or your friend Mark Mason, your friend Pat Flynn has been live on, on or is live or has been live or was live on Facebook. And these videos are seemingly all the rage today. It, it happens to be, I, I don't want to call it a fad, But it almost feels faddish in the fact that it is just like something that has been, I I think, all-consuming for so many people. It seems like that's what so many folks are talking about these days. I noticed it was a major push and focus at Social Media Marketing World and just listening to the podcasts that I listen to and seeing what people are doing on on Facebook every day, it it just is the thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm in a bubble. I and I freely admit that I could be just inside this this pure group that I'm in, and everybody that I happen to do life with online. It just appears that my peer group is playing around and talking about live video. I I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of live videos on Facebook that are created just for the purpose of hey, I'm testing to see if I now have split screen on Facebook Live videos. I'm trying to see if I can now invite other people to join me in a live video on Facebook. That That's the flavor of the week this week when it comes to live video. Um, I, I imagine this is a, something that will be rolled out to everyone. I'm not necessarily here to talk about the split screen, although maybe I will now that I've brought it up. But I do want to talk about live streaming and just share with you some of my thoughts about live streaming. I've been involved in live streaming, if you can imagine this, all the way back to the earliest days of my podcasting, uh, which started in December 2005. I did not do that. My first few episodes, I did not do live streaming, but I started live streaming my podcasts uh, back in early 2006. Now, I was using a service back in the day called Skype casting. This is, there was a feature of Skype that allowed you to have, I think you could have 99 or 150 people all logged into Skype at the same time, and and we did that. Then some other services like StickCam came out and Ustream. Actually, I'm thinking there was some stuff before them. I, I believe there was TalkShoe. TalkShoe was like a audio-only streaming platform, but man, there have been so many different live streaming platforms over the years, and uh, it, it is an extremely wonderful tool, and I'm just the the tool known as live streaming, where basically people are able to consume the content that you're creating 
live as you're creating it. I think it's an extremely useful tool for developing and building community to to really connect and engage with people. One thing about audio podcasts in that they're in their purest form of basically me sitting in my studio or in my place where I'm recording. I happen to be in my studio right now and I am the only person here. There is nobody else in this room. There are I do not have any live stream happening. There's not a chat room. There's it's just me and you. Actually, it's just me and this microphone. And you have, there's a potential, by the way, that you will never hear the words that I'm speaking right now. There is the potential that you'll never hear what I'm saying. I'm actually sitting here in the office and recording my voice, and you may never hear it. And that's happened before. I've actually sat here for as long as an hour, hour 15, hour 20 minutes, and was really excited about what I was saying as I was saying it, decided that, hey, it's late at night, I'm going to go to bed, I'll publish this thing in the morning, and as I was laying in bed at night, I couldn't fall asleep thinking about, how you know, I wonder about that, and should I said should I have said the things that way, I wonder if, you know, I, I wonder if I could cut down the amount of time that I spent, maybe I'll edit it tomorrow, and then I wake up the next morning, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not really feeling very, I'm not feeling great about that episode I recorded, I, I know I could have done better, if I would have done more show prep, um, it would have been a much better episode. You know what? I'm going to clear my morning. I'm going to dump what I recorded last night, and I'm going to re-record something today. And that's happened to me another number of times. But the thing is, is that when it comes to podcasting in its purest form, it's just me behind a microphone recording, and uh, and then basically taking that pre-recorded conversation and publishing it where everyone equally has the same opportunity to listen to it later, time-shifted, on their own leisure, wherever they want. And it's, it's there's so many benefits associated with that. Um, but it, the thing is, though, and, and by the way, I've been doing this for years, I have 30 different podcasts, over 3,600 podcast episodes, and collectively reaching many hundreds of thousands of people around the world. It's unbelievable the number of people who said, Cliff, oh my gosh, it's so great to meet you. I'm so glad I got to come to this conference and and finally meet you face to face. Man, I've been listening to you for years. I feel like we are close friends. I feel like I know you so well. And there's many times when I'm meeting these people at conferences and and I'm I'm sitting there getting ready to share with them what's going on. You know, I, I, they say, so so what are you excited about right now? And I'm like, and I start to tell them a story. It's like, oh yeah, I heard that in the podcast two weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, they they feel like they know you. They feel like you're their close friend. But the reality of what I'm doing right here, right now, there are... I will say hundreds, maybe even thousands of you who are listening to my voice right now where you've been listening to me for a couple weeks, some of you have been listening to me for a couple months, and many of you have been listening for a couple years, and you've never once, not once, reached out to me. Not once have you ever sent me an email saying, Cliff, I've been listening to you for a while and I really enjoy your your show. Thank you so much. Or there's there's several of you who have never left a comment on any of my social media profiles. And and, and, and I'm not not complaining, but the reality is is that um, 
you know, there there are some limitations in that this mechanism of podcasting is very one-sided. I'm sharing so much of my heart and my life with you, and and there's not a lot of reciprocation in the relationship department with pre-recorded content. Now, with that being said, I just shared with you that back in the day, I used to do a lot of live streaming of the recording of our podcasts, and that's a really big part of what I was doing for so long. Now, I want to let you know that I'm an extremely technical person, and pulling off live streams and figuring out whatever it needs to be done, even back in the early days before it was as easy as it is today, and by the way, when I say as easy as it is today, that's just comparable to what it was like in 2006, 2007 to hobble things together. But as, as the thing is, is that even though I did those things back in the day, they had their benefits of, of live streaming while I was doing a podcast. But over the years, I came to the realization that it's much better. It, I think it's a far greater piece of content in my mind if the content is created without a live audience. Now, with that being said, I'm going to talk about the benefits of live streaming, but I just want to say here at the open of this monologue that's going to go on for a while about live streaming, I just want to say that I don't typically recommend that any podcaster out there, unless you're extremely seasoned and experienced in podcasting, meaning that you have found your voice, you're extremely confident with the type of content that you're creating, and and you know that your audience who's mostly, I mean, uh, so far if you're not live streaming yet, your audience is 100% a pre-recorded, uh, time-shifted audience that's listening later. They, they're they used to you talking and, and cr- creating content for them and for them alone and 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 stuff like that. So if, if you are extremely seasoned, and by the way, you are very confident that you can handle the additional technology that's required to actually set up and do a live stream of your podcast while you're recording your show, and not to mention the fact that, that number one, are you seasoned and experienced, and do you have a voice that you can, you know that maybe you're not going to get too distracted or come too far away from what your audience has come to expect, Uh, and not only can you handle the technology, the figuring out and doing all the things that are necessary to set up and make it so that you can stream your audience, but then also, you also have to be the type of person who is going to be able to handle it and not let it change the feel and flow of your show if something goes wrong while the live stream is happening. For example, if all of a sudden you get a ton of people in the chat room are saying, hey, we lost audio, or hey, you're freezing, or hey, there's a problem, and and all the other things that could go wrong. So for many reasons, I I highly recommend people do not live stream the recording of their podcast. Although, again, I've I've done over 3,600 podcast episodes. I would say well over 1,000, maybe even 1,500 of my podcast episodes had been live, live streamed in one way, shape, form, or another. And maybe in the future I can talk about, or no, I don't want to talk about it because I'm talk, I want to talk about Facebook live streams specifically. So, I, so right here, right out of the gate, that's what I'm, that's the first thing that I want to say. I want to recommend that you 
not live stream your show unless you already figured out that's what you're going to do, you feel confident you're going to do it, and you're not going to be distracted, and it's not going to degrade the quality of content that you put out. My biggest concern for people, number the, the number one concern is if something goes wrong technically and you've got, let's just say, eight or ten people watching live, maybe you've got 20 to 50 people watching live, or maybe you're you're just massively popular and you got hundreds of people watching live. Are what what's going to happen if you're in the middle of recording your show and something goes wrong and that live stream cuts out and those people had planned to be there because you you had been promoting it and stuff like that come to my live show and all of those things. Are you going to be able to be unaffected by the technical glitches? That's that's the number one thing. Will you kill the flow of your show? If something goes wrong, and number two, my my biggest concern are the ones who are are relatively new to podcasting. You haven't really quite found your voice, and what I see is a lot of folks out there who are live streaming their podcast, and they allow the interaction and engagement with the live audience to kind of direct the content flow of the show. And then all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're creating a show that is optimized for the live audience, which is, I mean, let's realistically, if you're just starting out and you don't have an online massive presence already, chances are you're you're creating a show that is optimized for the seven to 15 people that are there live, which by the way, I love seven to 15 people audiences for live streams, but you're creating a show that's optimized for them. The, the content is kind of like engaging with those seven to 15 people you're, you're answering questions for those 7 to 15 people. You're reacting to comments from those 7 to 15 people. But then you've got a podcast that has several hundred or maybe even several thousand subscribers who are listening as pre-recorded, you know, time-shifted. And what happens for those people is they become second-class citizens. They do not have the same ability to be a part of the direction and flow of the show like the 7 to 15 people that were live. Those are first-class citizen people in that content and your massive audience, the the massive majority of your audience who are listening later, they're second class. They are second-class citizens. They do not have the same opportunities to engage with you, interact with you, and to ask questions and get responses and so for those, those, just those reasons alone, I don't recommend it. Now, with that being said, my friend Father Roderick broadcast his show live. Um, he's seasoned at it, does it well. Leo Laporte, who introduced the show today at the front there, um, Leo Laporte broadcast his shows live. Although I will tell you, there, I, I have to actually subscribe to his video because they oftentimes reflect re, re, um they talk about, they refer to things that can only be seen in video that they're sharing because they're streaming live video and audio. Um, and, and and it doesn't make as great for an audio podcast listening experience. And for those reasons, I have to subscribe to the videos of their shows. And even then, I find myself uh, many times trying to listen to it audio only, but having to open the phone and go back a few seconds uh, to, to pick up what it is they're referring to in the video. So even even Leo, I think sometimes uh, I think that he, he's lost his roots to the old audio only days. But that but even those guys, I, I still I love Father Roderick. I love Leo. I love their shows and I listen to them. So there are some exceptions to this, and there are times when I 
I may occasionally do it myself, but again, I'm seasoned, I have a, a flow, I know my content, I know that my real audience for the show is the 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 time shifted audience that's going to listen later. Um, yeah, and 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 well, okay, I mean, I, I'm here, I'm talking about it anyway, and it, for those things, when I actually do a live show, one of the things that I will do is I'll get on and I'll start the live show or the live stream, if you will. And I'll do a lot of engagement with the people who are there live. I will invite one or two people in my community, somebody that I know really well, that represents me well, that knows me well. I'll I'll invite them to be my ambassadors in the chat room. And I will ask and instruct those folks to welcome additional people who come in during the broadcast of my recording of the podcast and I will have them explain to those people, if all of a sudden somebody brand new comes in in the middle of me recording a podcast while I'm live streaming, I will have them explain, hey, Cliff is in the middle of recording his podcast. He's giving us a behind-the-scenes look into what it looks like when he records his show. He's not interacting or engaging with the chat room. He won't even see anything that we're saying in the chat room until the show is complete. However, if you hang around... He, he, when he's finished recording, he will uh, come back to the chat room and he'll do live one-on-one engagement. And so that's how I've handled it in the past. And of course, there, there are some other elements and stuff like that, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. I want to talk about live streaming. And my first suggestion is that you don't live stream the recording of your podcast. Make your recordings offline, away from a live audience, and make it for the people specifically who are listening later. And if you want interaction and engagement from those people, get yourself a voicemail feedback hotline. Use SpeakPipe over at speakpipe.com or get a Google Voice account. Just look up Google Voice or ask people to use their cell phone and open up the Voice Memo app, record some feedback questions for you, whatever, and give them an email address where they can email those audio attachments into. That's how you get audio engagement, and then every single person is a first-class citizen because every time-shifted listener has the same equal opportunity to provide you audio feedback for you to include in the show and have that listener engagement that way without it being a live audience. Okay, now I'm going to take a drink of water, and then we'll talk about live streaming. So if we're not live streaming our show, what are we live streaming? And that is a great question. There there are a lot of different approaches that you could take to live streaming. You could create a, I know I've seen a trend with some of my friends who have decided to create their own almost online, I guess TV show, if you will. They're serialized television show, you know, kind of like a their own talk show, their own tech show, their own business entrepreneurial whatever show, uh, social media examiner. My friend Michael Stelzner has uh, a social media show once a week that they do to, to run down all the new and latest uh, things going on in social media. I know my friend Laria Petrucci, she is doing uh, live streaming pros. Uh, she does a live streaming show a couple times a week. Uh, Leslie Samuel is getting out there doing uh, a, a bunch of stuff in live streaming, and it, they're very content focused. So there, there's that approach. Now, what I have found for me personally is that I kind of still see podcasting as a primary platform for desired content con- consumption. 
So for me, and I still think about the fact that, wow, it's so much easier to listen to an audio podcast time shifted on my schedule. I choose when, I, I subscribe to the content that I know that I wanna get from folks and I subscribe to their audio podcast or video in the case of Leo and, and actually I think Leo's the only one I have video but he's got a couple shows that I subscribe to that are all video. But anyway, I, I, I subscribe to them, I, I let them show up in my feed and when I'm ready to consume some content on my schedule when I decide I have time to do it, then I open up the podcast app, I click to see which shows are available and I choose one of those shows and I click play and I consume. And and then I pause whenever I need to and, and pick up where I left off whenever I have more time. That's what I prefer. Anything outside of that is a distraction. And yeah, I do believe that Facebook live streaming is a distraction. Now, there might be some people who will be very upset with me saying that. I don't I don't know if that they would, but I find it to be a distraction. So typically, if I'm on Facebook, let's just say I'm answering emails, I'm in the middle of my email inbox after returning from a conference and it's gotten to like 85 unread emails. And I get halfway through those emails and I just want to take a, a, a just a 3-minute breather. I've been answering emails for, you know, 2 hours and I just need to take a little breather and and I pop over to Facebook and I just want to see what's going on with some friends, see if I have any comments or any kind of uh, interaction on some of my posts and maybe see in the timeline what some of my friends are posting throughout the day. I kind of like to do that. I do that sometimes more often than I want, but uh, every now and then I'll pop in for a few minutes. The, The intention is a few minutes, but then... There's a live stream with your friend Eric Fisher. There's a live stream with your friend Leslie Samuel. There's a live stream with your friend Mark Mason. There's a live stream with, and, it, and the number of people who are going live streaming, it's increasing. And the thing is, is you pop in, you click play, and and you, you're you chatting back and forth with them. You're watching. And there, I think there's something compelling about that relationship, that that engagement, that interaction. And the next thing you know, you've spent more than just a few minutes you know, that you may have just, you know, spent 15, 25, 30 minutes doing something you did not intend to do. Or, and and I'm very disciplined these days. I'm, I'm much more self-disciplined than I used to be. So I might do that. I'll jump into a Facebook live stream and the, you know, I let's just say it's Chris, well, Chris Brogan usually keeps things pretty short. So thank you, Chris. Uh, but let's just say I've got a friend of mine, unnamed friend, and they're they're streaming live on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool. And so I've got three or four minutes that I planned to kind of just, you know, pass some time, get, you know, take a break. So I watch it for three or five, three to five minutes. And I do a little bit of engagement that my friend saw that I was there. We chatted and he mentioned my name and engaged with me. And I felt really great about that. And thing is, is, it, you know, it, it appears that this person's created some great ideas of the things that he wants to talk about. It's a great theme that, that he's decided for people to ask questions and engage with. And, and so, you know, he's really, this friend of mine, he's really sharing some valuable insights and stuff like that. But hey, I need to get back to work. You know, I got things to do. So what do I do? It's like, oh man, that's great content, but I've got other things that I need to do. And so I'll, I'll, I'll politely in the chat room say, hey, it was great to see you live. I really wish I could stick around, but I got some other things I got to do. Got to run, talk to you soon. 
And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I might stick around to see if they, they acknowledge that. And sometimes I'm just like, hey, well, I need to go. They'll read that maybe later or get to it at some point. And, but I need to move on with my day. And the thinking is, though, is that, man, I, 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 I want to, I, maybe I need to save that post on Facebook or I want to come back to that live stream later and, and, and see what else that person had to share. And the reality is, that has happened, I would say, maybe 30, maybe 30% of the time that I pop into a live stream, exactly what I just talked about has happened. And the interesting thing is maybe two or three times, maybe two or three max in the last several months that Facebook streaming has been really popular or be, you know been introduced among all my peers and stuff, I've only gone back two or three times to a to the recording of a live stream to actually pick up where it left off. And we're talking two or three times out of maybe let's just say 30 or 40 live streams where I said to myself, I definitely want to go back and watch that. And so what does that mean? That means these people are creating content where all, it's it's very unlikely, regardless of how much I would really like to spend some time when I have some content consumption time, that I would like to consume the rest of what they were sharing or saying in that live stream. And the thing is, it's very simple for me to just type in my friend's name in Facebook, go to their timeline, and s- scroll down uh, just a couple posts, and I'll see that exact stream that's on their timeline. I can hit play and I could do it super easy, but it is not very likely that I'm ever going to do that. So, and and the thing is, is I, I go through Facebook all the time and they have this save link, save post in the, in the Facebook app on your phone. And I'm sure, and it's on the desktop as well. Do you know how many times I actually go and navigate to the place where I quote unquote saved all of these different things for me to come back to later? I don't, I, I don't ever navigate to it. The only time I ever navigate to it is when I want to reference something in a podcast. Maybe I'm creating some content and I wanted to pull out and reference something that I heard or saw on Facebook and I want to talk about it. And so I want to go back and and, make, and find the reference and, and, and look it up and be refreshed of what was shared or what was said. And I will then navigate to the saved post section and then scroll through all the things that I have saved, which I've saved a ton. But again, I very rarely ever actually do that except for when I'm trying to refer back to something. So what I'm saying about live streams, for me as a content creator, I, I believe that the real value in creating content for live stream is simply for the engagement of the people who are there at that moment in time. Are there going to be a number of people who will come back and watch a watch later something that you live streamed earlier? There's always going to be a portion of your audience that loves you so much that they'll consume anything that you put out there. And I think that's incredibly awesome. But for the most part, if you spend a lot of time putting work into an outline and topics and and four points on, you know, four tips on such and such and blah, blah, blah. And and that's scattered through some interaction engagement with people that you that you were there talking with live. 
I I really doubt that many people are going to consistently be getting that content that you're producing in the live show. Whereas if you put that content into your podcast, I feel like, you know, those people are, you know, I, I know that in a podcast, a majority, like an overwhelming majority, at least 85, 90% of your audience who are subscribed are going to eventually hear everything that you shared in your podcast. Whereas your audience that are connected with you on Facebook, how many of them are actually going to watch the recording of a live stream that you did previously in the day or in the week or in the month? Eh, not very likely. A few, yes, not very likely. And and by the way, let's let's not go crazy over the number of views that we see on our your Facebook live video has been viewed, you know, seven hundred times. Yeah, okay. So anybody that watched it for more than three seconds, okay, seven hundred people watched it for more than three seconds. How many of those seven hundred people watched it for more than two minutes? Yeah, okay, not many, right? So. Anyway, but the reality is, is that I believe that for the first thing I can say is that I believe that Facebook Live is a distraction. Now, I don't say that as it's a terribly bad thing, but I I do believe it is an inconvenient way to expect people to get value from your tips and advice and and worthwhile shared thought content that you know the points or the the mindset or whatever whatever it is that you want to communicate to your audience I believe putting that in your audio podcast and sharing that for people to time shift and listen later that's where that stuff should go now the fact that time the, the, the fact that Facebook is a distraction now it's every person's every person is responsible for their own life and their own decisions and so how long they decide to allow themselves to be distracted by your Facebook live stream, that's completely up to them, all right? But what I will tell you is that when you do have the opportunity and somebody who, they didn't come to Facebook to check in to say, gosh, I'm gonna open up Facebook and I wonder if Cliff is live right now. Oh, darn, he's not. I'll check in in an hour. And they're just checking in five, 10 times a day just to see if I'm live. No, that's that's not what face that's not how Facebook works. That's not what's going on. But how many times do you think that I might be firing up a live stream at two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time here in Northern Kentucky? I fire up a live stream. My intention is that, hey, I've got about 35 minutes to an hour to, that I could sit here and just engage and connect with people. And I fire up the live stream, and during that hour, there's a chance that pe- there's there's always about two or three hundred people over the course of a one hour live stream who decided to sign into Facebook, take a little break, see what was going on, and Facebook says, "Hey." Your friend Cliff Ravenscraft is streaming live right now. And depending on what ti- what title or description I gave of the live video, such as, hey, today we're talking about Instagram stories and Facebook stories in your, in your mobile app. Or, hey, today we're talking about health and fitness. Or, hey, today we're talking about anything you want to know about launching a podcast. Hey, today we're talking about anything you want to talk about. No, it's, a, it's an open table. Ask me anything. Let, let's just connect. So... people sign in just to see what's going on and they see that I'm streaming live and then boom, 
they click, they jump in. Now, it's not all 100 people at a time. Some of you, you could probably, there are some of you who have massive audiences on on Facebook, but uh, I jump in and typically it's about 100 to 200 people over the course of one hour. It's usually somewhere between 15 to 25 viewers per, at a time. And there are a few of those people that will stay there. I would say on average, there's usually about five to 10 people no matter when I sign on, it's not the same five to 10 people, but there will always be about five to 10 people for me personally that will stick out and hang out with me for the entire hour. Now, I promise you, when they woke up that morning, they did not intentionally say, what am I gonna do with my day today? Oh, I'm gonna hang out with Cliff on Facebook for an hour. So am I distracting them from what else they could be doing that day? Yes, I am. Now, could that be a valuable distraction? Yes, it could, but it's still a distraction. So when I say that Facebook live streaming is a distraction, I do mean it. I I, I will not apologize. I, I absolutely see Facebook live streaming. It is a distraction to me when I engage and interact with it, and I am distracting other people and enticing them to probably spend more time on Facebook than they intended to when they first logged in to do whatever they were doing. Now, I don't think that those distractions are always bad. I think it could become habitual, and I think that over time, being distracted too often or too frequently, I believe that it can be damaging, no matter how valuable the content is, no matter how enriched the conversation is, no matter how engaging, no matter what, over time, I think that it can get a little overwhelming. Now. So Facebook is a distraction, but being distracted is not always a bad thing. Sometimes I, I you know, you get on, it's like, you know what, that was good. I, I really enjoyed that interaction with Mark Mason. I really enjoyed that inter- interaction with Laria today. I really enjoyed those, those, engage, those connections. It felt good, you know, as a solopreneur, working for myself, you know, outside of my family. I really don't see a lot of people uh, outside of visiting conferences out of town. And it was kind of cool to hang in the chat room with a couple other people that just seemed familiar to me. I, I know them from things, and, and I, I got to engage with those people doing a live stream. That, that was fun. And so sometimes those distractions are welcome. So distractions are not always a bad thing, although I do believe that Facebook live streaming is almost always a distraction. Took another drink of water there. Um, anyway, so now with that being said, I have some night, some notes here. By the way, all of that, the first 34 minutes completely off the top of my head. I did not pre-plan that I was going to say anything that I've said so far, but I do have some things that I want to share with you. First of all, I want to tell you that last night I took my daughter to her dance class. Now my daughter's 18 years old. She is a very good driver and drives herself. However, last night, the high temperature yesterday was 77 degrees and the low was going to be 34. Now, we're in the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio area. And uh, for those that are familiar with this area or live in another part in the world where uh, this is quite common, especially in the spring and sometimes in the fall, uh, where where it's so warm and you have like a 30-degree temperature change throughout the day. I know you folks in San Diego have no clue what I'm talking about. And for you, what I will tell you is that when it's 77 degrees 
at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's uh, forecasted to be 34 degrees by 8 p.m., <laughs> that means there is going to be a very significant cold front that comes through, and the the pressure differences and the, the weather patterns and all this other stuff means that when the cool air meets the warm air, some banging and popping and potential tornado, funnel clouds, and all kinds of other wild and crazy stuff, hail, ice raining from the sky, all that fun stuff. And so my daughter's like, hey, they've canceled everything at school. Uh, dance has not been canceled, but would you would you or mom mind driving me to dance tonight? So last night I, I said, sure, I'll, I'll drive you. I'd, I'd love to hang out with you on the way there and home. And so um, she danced from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. For, so she was going to be there for two hours. So I drove her there and I'm sitting in the car and I decided I was just going to stay there. I, I wasn't going to drive back home and and then drive back, you know, an hour and a half later. So I, I just stayed there and I knew I was going to be there for two hours. And I knew that Instagram live, I, my, and by the way, my intention was to do Facebook live streaming last night uh, from the car. Uh, not part driving, by the way, not driving, but uh, just sitting in the parking lot. I was going to do a Facebook live from the car. And I know for a fact, because of the thousands of people that I'm connected with on Facebook, I knew for a fact I'd have a great sized audience. However, I know that Instagram also has live video functionality. You can do a live stream in Instagram in the stories feature. So if you go up to the camera icon at the top left-hand corner of Instagram, it takes you into the stories. But if you scroll down on the bottom, you could take a photo, you could do video, you could do hands-free mode. But if you look, there's a live video or live streaming option. And so I I decided I would do a live stream. Now, this was like only my, well, the fir- first one, by the way, I learned there is a one-hour limit currently on Facebook, on Instagram live streams. So uh, I got cut off after one hour and had to to fire up another one. But anyway... What I will tell you is that Instagram live streaming is live when you're live and there is no record of it when you're done. I've heard that they have made it to where at the end of your live stream you have the ability to download it for yourself. So you can download the the recording of it is what I heard. I did not see that option, but I wasn't looking for that option. When I closed the live stream, I I was not looking to see where the option was to download what I had just done. But as far as it automatically being available afterwards, nope, not a zilch zero. So whereas Facebook live streaming, if you go live streaming on Facebook, as soon as you are finished, almost immediately the recording or replay of that live stream is instantly available. But on Instagram, that is not the case. And I actually prefer that for some of these things. So Instagram, I went in and I said, hey, I'm, I do not have nearly as many connections on Instagram as I do on Facebook. So building a live audience and, and getting a number of people, I, I, I had really low expectations on the number of people who would join a live stream on Instagram if I started one. But I figured, hey, why not give it a shot? So last night, I dropped Megan off. I backed my car into a parking spot and was watching the lightning as I fired up my uh, Instagram live stream. And 
within the first and by the way the interesting thing with instagram live stream since it's not really going to be a replay of any type um i literally i just sit there and i wait while instagram's promoting my live stream to any of my friends who are following me uh through you know who might be actually on instagram and maybe i don't know maybe they even get a notification i don't have notifications turned on for instagram so i don't know but i would imagine that maybe um, anybody who's following me on Instagram, if they have notifications turned on, they might get a push notification that says, hey, Cliff Ravenscraft is live. Anyway, one of the things that I love about Instagram Live, it says, please wait, we're building an audience for you. <laughs> and I like that. It's like, hey, thank you, Instagram. Thank you for going out and doing that for me. It's awesome. Uh, so as soon as as soon as I had my first person on, I, I'm like, hey, how's it going? I, I I was able to click on a little icon, the number of people, where it shows the number of people who are watching live. Click on it, tells me who uh, is online currently. Of course, as people come in, the chat little chat window says, so-and-so has joined. And I will tell you that within the first five minutes, within the first five minutes of that stream, I had three viewers. Now, the thing is, is there are a lot of people out there who say, oh my gosh, only three viewers. I mean, why even bother? But I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. No, three viewers is amazing. So let me tell you who those three viewers were. One of them was Sharon, who I had never communicated with in my life. Never once heard it from her from an email. Never once heard, she was never on any of my live streams back when I used to do live streaming on of the podcast. I've never had her in any of the forums that I've run. I've never seen her at a conference. But all of a sudden, she follows me on Instagram, and she shows up, Sharon. And so Sharon, and and by the way, Loria Petrucci showed up. So Loria was there, and uh, Sharon signed in, and then there was Edith Baker. And so I think they were the first three people who logged in. And so I saw Loria was there, and I'm interacting with Loria, saying, how are you doing? And I saw Edith was on. And now Edith Baker, by the way, is somebody who has been listening to our my podcasting since December 2005. Now, Edith and I go way back. She was the very first person who'd ever said, hey, Cliff, I would, you know, I heard that you're saving up for some equipment to to upgrade your your recording apparatus for your lost podcast. This is way back in my hobby days. I had just started. I had no idea what I was doing. I had really cheap, crappy sound, horrible equipment. And uh, she goes, I heard that you're saving up for a mixer and some microphones. How much is that? And and I said, well, you know, it's a I'm looking at this, this, and this, and it's you know I'm just looking to save up as soon as I have 350 bucks, and and my friend Edith sends me a check in the mail for 350 bucks. I I don't know if that's the exact amount, but it's it was something like that. It was a couple hundred dollars, and I'm like, what? You gotta be kidding me! And and so yeah, Edith and I go way back, and she was a part of so many of our live chats during our live streams and our online forums and. And over the years, I, I've I've had a pretty wonderful relationship with Edith, and I hadn't talked to her in quite some time. Haven't had any engagement with her in a while. But you know what? For about an hour last night, I hung out and chatted and and had great engagement with Edith Baker. It was amazing. And Laria was on there, like I said, for a bit, and she was she was just you know watching and 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 listening along. And then Sharon came on, and she goes. 
Sharon's like, oh my gosh, I, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She goes, I can't believe it. I'm actually on live with Cliff Ravenscraft. And she, and, and she even said, what was the language she used? She goes, I am, well, first she says, I think she said, I'm freaking out. Um, I, and she, and she, oh, she said starstruck. I am so starstruck right now. And I'm like, hey, I'm just, it's just me, but I get it. And I told her and I explained, I said, listen, when I, I used to listen to podcasts all the time. And when I got to meet them for the very first time, I was the same way. I felt starstruck and I, and stuff like that. But I quickly shifted the conversation to, it's like, Sharon, tell me about yourself. How long have you been listening? She says, I've been listening to you since the earliest days of the lost podcast. And, and all this stuff, and I've been listening to Family from the Heart, and I, I've just been a list, loyal listener for years. I've never heard of her before, and I, and I asked her, I said, Sharon, I, I, I for, please forgive me, but have we interacted before? I, well, I, first thing I said, are you the same Sharon that goes by Sharon Runs on social media from New York City? And she goes, no, I'm not, the, I'm a different Sharon. And she goes, we've never interacted before. And I, oh, well, let's interact. And and so for an hour, I got to hang out with Sharon and and learn about this listener. And and then, of course, um, as time went on, Rick King joined. And, you know, I've seen Rick King's name around and he's left some comments and stuff like that. But I got to interact with Rick King. Uh, my friend Pat Flynn showed up and, and got to engage. My daughter, McKenna, joined live uh, my daughter McKenna was back at home, and she she got in there, and she started to oh she's a hoot, um, but she she started to help me facilitate the co- the chat. Um, she's like, hey, did you see Pat Flynn asked you a question? And I'm like, no, I didn't see that. And so um, she helped me catch some things that I had missed because things, some stuff was scrolling by so fast. But uh, Pat was there. Uh, McKenna joined, and then. Uh, Ben Dempsey showed up, and Ben and I go back a couple years now, and he's on a health and fitness journey, and and uh, got to encourage him for a bit, answered some questions, and and you know I, I got to learn you know what's going on in his world, and I even followed up with him today, I, out of the blue today, I just he he came to my mind, and I said, hey Ben, I was thinking about you, and and I, you said that you're you know you struggle in this particular area, and. And I wanted to encourage you. And here's here's something you might want to look into. These are something that I like. And and I just sent him a text message today. And and that would have never happened had I not been on Instagram Live. And here's what I will tell you. During that first hour on Instagram, 22 people total showed up. Now, on an hour on Facebook Live, I would have had two to 400 people show up during the first hour. But I had... Uh, 22 people total over the course of the entire hour. And at any given moment in time, it was somewhere between teetering between one, two, and three people or as much as seven or eight or nine people. I think one time I hit 10. So not big, huge numbers, but you know what? I had an amazing time. And in fact, as soon as that first hour, as soon as I got kicked off, it was kind of a good thing because I took a big 48-ounce bottle of water with me. And by the end of the live stream, I I was like, <laughs> I need to use the restroom. So I, I didn't say that, but uh, I, I was like, you know, I, I, it was getting about that time. And I was kind of happy that Instagram told me, hey, your, your live stream is going to end in two minutes and it gives you a countdown timer. And so I was rushing to answer every, you know, to get caught up with all the comments and questions and stuff like that. 
But man, Instagram Live was amazing. And then um, I, I did run into the dance studio, used the bathroom. And then I came back out and did another one hour of live streaming. And that next hour was about the same. I had about 22 people show up over the course of that hour. A few of the people from the first stream came into the second one. Uh, but it was, a, it was a whole new crowd of people. And, you know, I, I just got to grow deeper in my relationship with a very small select few number of people who just happened to be live. And it wasn't me sharing, hey, I've got some content I wanna share with you today and I've gotta make this valuable so that it's not just valuable for the people live, but it's gotta be valuable for anybody who might wanna hit replay later. Uh, no, there, there is no replay. It's This is only for you. I am here for you right now and after this is done, this is gone. This, this content, it's literally between me and the those of you who are here right now. And for that reason, I love Instagram Live. I love Instagram Live. I love the fact that maybe not everything I said is totally 100% quote unquote on the record. You know, not that I say things that I don't want to say, but you know, there, there are some times, you know, it's like, does that have to be recorded? You know, yeah, I feel strongly about what I said, but that, you know, I felt that what I said was okay for me to say in the context of knowing who was in the audience at that moment in time. And so, for example, there, somebody asked me, said, what do you think about Donald Trump laughing out loud? And I gave a very authentic, transparent, real response to that question. And that is not something I would have done had I had I been streaming on Facebook Live, because that is not something that I knew the audience that was there. I, in fact, I know that, for example, Edith Baker and I are in completely, I mean, as opposite ends of the spectrum politically as you could possibly be. But I knew that we had a strong enough relationship that in spite of that, even with me sharing my thoughts and genuine response to that question, I knew that that, that wasn't gonna damage the relationship. But if I just put that on on Facebook live streaming and it was pre-recorded and you know a couple you know 40 50 people in the audience later watched the whole thing and they heard what I said there are some people that don't have a deep enough relationship with me that they could they could that that my our relationship could withstand their distaste of of my way of thinking different than theirs if you know what I'm saying politically anyway so anyway I loved my experience on Instagram Live, and I will do more Instagram Live. Now, with that being said, I also love Facebook Live streaming. And the good news is, get this, as soon as you're, if, if I wanted to do what I did on Instagram Live um, and not worry about, you know, the, the pre-recorded stuff later, all I have to do on Facebook Live is as soon as I'm finished with my Facebook Live, and as soon as I, I'm finished, go to my timeline, wait for the video to, to finish processing, and as soon as it's there and it shows that, hey, Cliff was live, here's, here's the thing, all I have to do is go and delete that post. Boom, gone. Same, it, it gives me similar results as Instagram live streaming. So I can pull that off there, and, and I think there's, there might be some value in stuff doing that. But okay, here are some things about Facebook live streaming um, and, and even Instagram live streaming. The, the first thing that I, as far as here are some things that I have pre-written that I want to write down. The first thing I want to tell you is you don't need a lot of fancy gear. And trust me, as soon as live streaming, Facebook live streaming came out, I asked my friend Tim Schmoyer, who is an expert YouTube videographer. Uh, he lives right down the road from me, super close friend of mine. Me, oh, by the way, Tim Schmoyer was also in the chat room or in my Instagram live last night. And because he was, I'm like, hey, Tim. 
what are you doing tomorrow? You want to have lunch? He's like, yes. I said, how about tomorrow at 12 at, at Chipotle in Burlington? He's like, yes, I'll be there. And so, great. And we had lunch today. I spent an hour and a half with Tim Schmoyer today at lunch at Chipotle because I was on Instagram Live last night. I love that. All right, so anyway, but I had Tim Schmoyer came over. I've got a, a $1,500 camera on a $900 tripod with fluid head. I've got um, a couple hundred dollars worth of softbox lighting over there. I've got a 27-inch iMac for my studio, video studio setup. I've got a whole separate uh, 1402 uh, VLZ3 mixer over there. I have uh, three... Um, 19-inch monitors. I've got uh, a 60-inch a television screen in the background for presentation stuff. I've got sound panels over there so that I, I don't have echo in my studio space anymore. I've got literally thousands of dollars that I put into my video studio because I was so excited about Facebook live streaming and I was going to do so much with it. And after I installed my, the last thing to, to f- complete the setup of my video studio setup was the sound panels. Do you want to know how many times, and, and by the way, that was six months ago, I think. Uh, do you want to know how many times in the last six months I've used my video studio for Facebook live streaming? Zero. Thousands of dollars sitting over there. I've used it zero times. That is a big, huge Zero with a capital Z, all right? But have I done Facebook live streams? I've done lots of them. And you know what I use? The front-facing camera on my iPhone. I'm not kidding you. That's what I use. And it works great. I actually did one on my uh, Facebook Live from my desktop using my Logitech webcam and with my uh, Heil microphone and mixer going into the computer. Um back in there, as soon as Facebook Live for Desktop came out, and when it first came out, there was an issue with audio lip syncing after about 15, 20 minutes. I've been told that that's been fixed and resolved. Um, we'll see, maybe I'll try another one in the future, but I don't know that I will because I actually like my iPhone. It, it's so easy to go live right from my phone. So I, I've basically been in in the midst of many conversations about friends and peers talking about live stream, Facebook live streaming, and this they were about ready to go down the same path that I did, creating a whole backdrop and all this other crazy stuff, buying new cameras for Facebook live streaming and and big expensive software or trying to figure out OBS and all the other free options out there. And I said, listen, dude, you do not need all this gear. Trust me, I've got thousands over here. I could use it, it would look impressive, but you know what, it's it's just as good to do an iPhone. And in fact, I was talking to Mark Mason and Mark Mason's like, I, he, he did a live stream from his, his house, from his little studio in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and so it, it was on his iPhone, and I'm like, Mark, it was great. I, I saw you. The lighting was decent. Um, the audio was fine. You say he says, well, it had a little bit more echo than I would like. I, I didn't notice it. Uh, but here, here's what I would recommend, and th- and I'm gonna give you the same advice that I gave to my friend Mark Mason and everyone else that I've talked to who is thinking about doing more live streaming. So here are three pieces of gear. First of all, in addition to your mobile phone, I'm assuming you either have an iPhone or an Android phone. I personally, I skew towards iPhone, so 
um, you know, let's just assume that you have a mobile phone that can go that that has the Facebook app where you can go live. Here are the three pieces of equipment that I would recommend. The first one is a mobile phone uh, tripod, one that is specifically made for mobile phones. I can give you an example of a fourteen dollar aluminum. It's a very it's a very cheap. Okay, it is very cheap, but trust me, you're only holding your mobile phone, so it, it doesn't have to hold a big, heavy camera. It's a $14 tripod, and it's specifically made for mobile phones. It has a universal uh, clip that will hold practically any smartphone. It just kind of, uh, anyway, trust me, it's got a little, it's got a smartphone holder. Whether you have Android or iPhone, it doesn't matter. And it actually connects to uh, regular uh, tripod screws, or so the regular tripod mount. And the tripod is aluminum. You can make it as short as possible, and you could actually sit it on your desk and have it kind of looking down on you. I use that feature and functionality quite a bit for my live streams. Or it will expand all the way up to, you know, I think, I can't remember how, but it, it, it'll do... It'll it'll expand pretty tall. I don't know if it's five foot, six foot, something like that. But you can check it out. The one I recommend, and yes, I'm going to tell you the what I'm about ready to share. These are affiliate links. Uh, the first one here for the tripod, podcastanswerman.com slash mobile tripod. That's M-O-B-I-L-E-T-R-I-P-O-D. Podcastanswerman.com slash mobile tripod, all one word. That will take you to the $14 tripod that I recommend for your Facebook live streaming from your smartphone. All right, the second thing is a ring light, um, a mobile ring light. Now, ring lights have become very popular in vlogging and everything else, and they have some pretty uh, snazzy, very expensive ring lights that go around the lens of your camera, and it, it gives you this really nice, even lighting on your face and stuff like that. But they also make ring lights for your smartphone, and I started to see these pop up at Social Media Marketing World, and I did. I went to Amazon. Now, I will tell you, I just ordered this myself today, so I haven't yet used it, but I did look at the uh, <clears throat> various different options that are out there, and I read the reviews, and I will tell you that the one that I'm going to recommend is only $13, and there was one of the Q&As, because Amazon has questions and answers. Um, it says, with regarding to those one-star reviews, how do you guarantee that I can get a decent light? And here's an answer. One person says, I bought two for my daughters for Christmas, and only one of them worked. It did. I did contact them, and they sent me two free ones for replacement for the one that didn't work. They will take care of you if the if you get one that's defective. So, and that was by Melissa in January of this year. So, it's, I would say with, you know, 75% five-star reviews, this is the one. And it's podcastanswerman.com slash ring light, R-I-N-G-L-I-G-H-T, podcastanswerman.com slash ring light. I just ordered it today. It's rechargeable so that, um, and, and by the way, the Q&A on there says that if you're doing continuing, continuous use, you can get about three to four hours out of it. So I could have easily used this during a two-hour live stream while my daughter was at dance last night if I, if I needed it. So I ordered this uh, just because I think it would be good to have. And then, the, so having good lighting for Facebook live streams, I do think that's important. 
Uh, But yeah, that's one item that I just purchased that I would recommend as well. And then, of course, by the way, Mark Mason's audio was just fine. And if your phone is, if your smartphone is within uh, three feet of you, then I don't think that you really need anything more than the mic that's built in. And so I want to encourage you strongly that the next item that I am recommending is one hundred percent optional and absolutely not essential whatsoever for live streaming i really do believe that you can get a fantastic live stream with just the built-in microphone on your smartphone and especially if it's an iphone they have great noise cancellation it's it's wonderful stuff but if you're like my friend mark mason and you're like me and you're an audio snob and you want to provide the best audio possible then I simply recommend the Smart Lav Plus microphone from Rode. It's specifically made for mobile phones. It should work for the Android phones just as well as the iPhone. It's a $69 microphone, and it's just a little lav mic that clips onto your shirt. You plug it into the 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 microphone or the headphone jack on your phone. Now, if you happen to have your iPhone 7 Plus or 7, uh, chances are you're going to have to get that little dongle that they gave you, the lightning to whatchamacallit, but uh, it, it'll work just fine. And it ha- and by the way, make sure that you don't get the Smart Lab, the older model. It's a Smart Lab Plus, and I have updated all my affiliate links. So if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash Smart Lab, S-M-A-R-T-L-A-V, as in Victor. So podcastanswerman.com slash Smart Lab will take you to that $69 microphone and it's incredible. It has wonderful sound. And I will tell you this, with my iPhone, with my mobile tripod, my ring light for my mobile phone for lighting, and my smart lab, I will tell you what, I could be just as happy with all of my live streams as with my thousands of dollars in my video studio over there. And okay, can I do screen sharing? of my desktop with that and all that, no. But as I go back before, that's why I opened the show with what I shared earlier, that, you know, Facebook, it, all of that content, 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 I would I would shoot for, I would recommend that that the real opportunity here is to be engaged with the people who are there. Be engaged with the people who are there and make the live stream about those interactions. Answer the questions of the people who are there. Let them drive the conversation. Let them drive the content. Maybe you pick a theme for the for the live stream. Hey, for the for this live stream, I'm going to go live for 20 minutes, and we're going to talk about health and fitness. We're going to talk about uh, audio equipment for podcasting. We're going to talk about you know whatever. Uh, and you can choose the theme and give people a, a feeling. That way, people can decide if they want to watch the replay of that. But really, make it about the engagement there, and understand that that the the real the real value proposition for you personally is not necessarily that you're creating additional content that you're putting out to the world that people are going to consume consistently. Because that's just, in reality, I don't believe what's kind of happened. I think it's the people that were actually there live, uh, they're going to engage and, and, and benefit from what you're doing in the live. And very few of those people who actually showed up late or had to leave early will come back and ever watch the rest of it. it they, their main value proposition to them 
where the value that they're getting out of it is was just the the time that they had to interact with you personally. So that that's my feeling there. Don't spend lots of money. Get those three items. Uh, I'll have links over at podcastanswerman.com slash 495. Um, and then a couple of suggestions here. One of the first things that I want to recommend, if you're going to do a Facebook live stream, unlike Instagram, the reality is, is there if you don't delete the Facebook live stream after you're finished live streaming, which, I mean, you probably wouldn't want to, but unless you chose that, you know, hey, I, I wanted this one to stay off the record except for the people that were there live. But it, in Facebook Live, after you're finished, it stays there. It's a permanent record on your timeline unless you delete it. And so for that reason, do not wait for Facebook to build the audience to start making that content engaging. Because as soon as somebody clicks play after, let's just say you re, you did a live stream three hours ago, but then all of a sudden somebody clicks play, they don't want to see the, they don't want to click and wait three minutes before you start really doing anything of value. It's like, Hey, I'm live. First, let me check to see if I'm over here. Hold on one second. I'll be back. Okay. It, it looks like I'm live. I'm just waiting for some people to show up. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's Yeah. So I, I would not do that. So my first tip for you guys is simply um, to to immediately open. As soon as it, it says, okay, you're live, say, Hey everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm streaming live from my studio or I'm streaming live from my car. I'm hanging out here. I've got about 20 to 40 minutes. I'm gonna hang out with folks. I'm gonna, I guess the topic that I'd like to open up the discussion for is anything you wanna talk about related to starting a podcast. And if you have any questions about that, while I wait for some folks to join me live, I've got a couple tips that I want to give you right out of the gate. First of all, why is podcasting so? So I might actually be, I, I might come prepared to cover the first two or three or even four minutes of that live stream all on my own without any audience engagement so that I can make sure that if anybody does click the replay that that it they don't have to wait for things to get started, okay? So that that's a tip for you. Uh, the other one is, is um, don't, be afraid to just go live just for the sake of going live. There are some people out there who say, "Ah, oh, you should really pick something. You should have something of, you know, you know what? What if you just said, I'm going, it says, just give a description of what you're about, what your live stream is in Facebook. It'll ask you that. And it's like, let's talk dot, 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 <laughs> or let's talk about anything dot, dot, dot. And don't, don't, actually devalue or de-emphasize the value of just going live. You don't have to have a topic, just go live. I think it's valuable to have a theme if you have one, Um, but sometimes I think that if you create the theme, but then all of a sudden the particular audience that actually is distracted and comes into your Facebook live stream, what if that's, what if there's something else that they have on their mind that you could actually add value to, but because you've chosen the theme uh, and, and and you're kind of hardwired to that theme because you want it to all be about that particular topic, uh, may, maybe you missed an opportunity if you know what I'm saying. All right. So I don't know. Just give that a thought. The other thing is, is it possible to overwhelm your community with too much live streaming? So for example, every time I log into Facebook, it either tells me who is live or who was live. And and uh, there are some people out there that are streaming more often than others, and even some of my closest friends in the world 
I've actually told Facebook, I little I did the little drop-down menu in and notifications, and I said, please stop notifying me of this friend's live streams. I don't need to be notified anymore. I, I, I at this in, in my mind, I'm like, I'll just assume that this person's live every time, every day I, I log in because that it's just in my mind it just seems like i'm getting this notification every time i log into facebook and so is there a possibility that you could overwhelm your audience with too much live streaming by getting by facebook giving them too many notifications perhaps i don't know something to think about so um don't always think that just creating more live content uh is automatically benefiting you you could potentially wear your audience out just Keep that in mind as a possibility. And then uh, let's see here. Don't miss the opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level. We got that. Oh, and then on the mobile app, my friend Marcus Carey joined me on a Facebook Live the other day from my mobile phone. He's like, Cliff, did you know everything's reversed on the screen? Everything's backwards. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm broadcasting from the front-facing camera on my phone. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. He goes, but wait, there is a way that you can do something about it. And I don't have the step-by-step here that I can tell you, but I, I can tell you that if you click on the screen and you go to the settings, there there is a thing that says flip horizontal video. And voila, all of a sudden, even though I'm using my fit front-facing camera, everything was turned around and reversed and my audience was able to actually see the things that are in the background and actually read them. Uh, and and I, it, it, if nothing else, at least it gets rid of the question that comes up so often, had come up so often in a live stream from my phone. Why is your why is everything reversed? Why is everything backwards? Well, now that I know that I can do that, I want to encourage you that you can do that in your phone as well. It, I, I don't, again, I don't have the step by step, but I promise you, play around with it. You'll figure it out. You can reverse the image so that it does look correct when you're broadcasting live from your phone with a front-facing camera. Thank you, Marcus Carey, my good friend, for doing that, for notifying me of that. And with that, my friends, that, that's pretty much what I wanted to share with you. So um, a little bit longer than an hour. I apologize. I know I did that last week as well, but I, I, I did want to share some thoughts on live streaming. I hope to see some of you in the audience of my live streams um, I, I plan on doing plenty more of them. I'll, I'll do plenty more uh, Instagram live streams. I'll do plenty more Facebook live streams. I will not be live streaming the recording of my podcasts. I, I, I don't try. I, the very rare occasions can I see an opportunity where I would want to do that, and I don't plan to, but I do plan on coming to Facebook Live or Instagram Live and interacting with you if I have the opportunity. I'd love to get to know you more. And uh, with that, my friends, before I wrap up, I do want to just remind you one more time, my next session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, May 1st. If you've been thinking about launching a podcast, my gosh, you right now is the perfect time to do it. It is incredible, the growth curve that podcasting is going at this rate. The, the audience adoption is just, it is incredible as far as worldwide audience, the number of people. I mean, just to give you an idea, I just had a student in my most recent session of Podcasting A to Z, I can't remember if I talked about her last week, Kay Copet, 75 years old, just launched her podcast. And it's an incredible podcast. Go check it out. It's called Get Inspired with Kay, K-A-Y, Copet, K-A-P, or K-O-P-I-T. Get Inspired with Kay Copet. 
And I I love her show. 75 years old. She's a recent graduate of podcasting A to Z. And folks, you're never too old to learn how to podcast. And I promise you, and Kay will probably record a testimonial for me eventually. But she, you know, admittedly, the least technically sophisticated person and client I've ever worked with. However, she has her own Heil microphone. She has her own uh, Mackie mixer. She has her own Roland recorder. She hooked it all up using my tutorials um, and a lot of hand-holding from me through a four-week session of podcasting A to Z. She set up her own podcast RSS feed and is in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play and she recorded her own first two episodes already on her Roland recorder. She edited her own podcast episodes, and she published them online all by herself at the age of 75 years old. If Kay Cope can do it, and if I can help her do it, I promise you, for four weeks of access to me, if you have a goal to launch a podcast, I can help you do it. Head over to podcastinga2z.com. I would love to work with you. Until next week, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do, even your Facebook live streams, to the next level. Podcast! Add some man.